Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is one-third of life, the Sleep Time Podcast, for when you're wrapped up in all of life's little problems, and you simply can't unwind, this is the companion that will talk you to sleep. Music we're listening to. 
political essayist and former classics professor, and John Heath, a classics professor, and the profound knowledge of the Homeric ethos was deemed by the Greeks the basis of their acculturation. Homer was the education of Greece, and his poetry, the book. Stop him, put aside. 
were kept alive in local crumbles. They continued to influence poetry and to form the main subject of painting and sculpture. More sportingly, the 5th century BC tragedian Euripides often played with the old traditions, mocking them, and through the voice of his characters, injecting notes of doubt. Yet the subjects of his plays were taken, without exception, from myth. Many of these plays were written in answer to a predecessor's version of the same or similar myth.
metrics of myth became even more popular under the Roman Empire, thanks to the physicalist theories of Stoic and Epicurean philosophy. Stoics presented explanations of gods and heroes as physical phenomena, while the Unionists rationalized them as historical figures. At the same time, the Stoics and the Neoplatonists promoted the moral significations of mythological tradition, often based on Greek etymologies. Through his Epicurean message, Lucretius had sought to expel superstitious fears from the minds of his fellow citizens. Livy too is skeptical about the mythological tradition and claims that he does not intend to pass judgment on such legends. The challenge for Romans with a strong and apologetic sense of religious tradition was to defend that tradition while conceding that it was often a breeding ground for superstition. The antiquarian Barbara, who regarded religion as a human institution with great importance for the preservation of good in society, devoted rigorous study to the origins of religious cults.
cruel and allegorical acceptance of myth, declaring roundly that myths have no place in philosophy. Cicero is also generally disdainful of myth, but, like Varro, he is emphatic in his support for the state religion and its institutions. It is difficult to know how far down the social scale this rationalism extended. Cicero asserts that no man, not even old women and wives, is so foolish as to believe in the terrors of hate or the existence of sillies, centaurs, or other kinds of creatures. But, on the other hand, the orator elsewhere complains of the superstitious, incredulous character of the people. one soul in 
Invictus, with conglomerated rights and compound attributes. Apollo might be increasingly identified in religion with Helios or even Dionysus, but texts retelling his myths seldom reflected such developments. Her traditional literary mythology was increasingly disassociated from actual religious practice. The worship of Sol as special protector of the emperors and of the empire remained the chief imperial religion until it was replaced by Christianity.
archaic patterns that are often encoded in myth that arise out of it. According to Jung, myth-forming structural elements must be present in the unconscious psyche. Comparing Jung's methodology with Joseph Campbell's theory, Robert A. Segal concludes that to interpret a myth, Campbell simply identifies the archetypes in it. An interpretation of the Odyssey, for example, would show how Odysseus's life conforms to a heroic pattern. Jung, by contrast, considers the identification of archetypes merely the first step in the interpretation of a myth. Carl Kerenyi, one of the founders of modern studies in Greek mythology, gave up his early views of myth in order to apply Jung's theories of archetypes to Greek myth.
example, philologist George Dumaison draws a comparison between the Greek Uranus and the Sanskrit Vohuna, although there is no hint that he believes them to be originally connected. In other cases, close parallels in character and function suggest a common heritage, yet lack of linguistic evidence makes it difficult to prove, as in the case of the Greek Moirai and the Norns of Norse mythology.
obsession through violence and generational conflicts for power found their way into Greek mythology. In addition to Indo-European and Near Eastern origins, some scholars have speculated on the depths of Greek mythology to the pre-Hellenic societies, Crete, Mycenae, Pylos, Thebes, and Orchomenus. Historians of religion were fascinated by a number of apparently ancient configurations of myth connected with Crete. The god as bull, Zeus and Europa, Pasiphae who yields to the bull and gives birth to the Minotaur, etc. Martin P. Nilsson concluded that all great classical Greek myths were tied to Mycenaean centers and were anchored in prehistoric times. Nevertheless, according to Burkett, the iconography of the Cretan palace period has provided almost no confirmation for these theories.